Welcome to the History of Fun, where we explore the hidden backstories behind the things you love to do. My name is Russ Frushchik, and I am joined by Allegra Frank. Hello. Hello, Allegra. Hi. Allegra, how, how awake are you right now? I'm extremely awake. Wakey, right, your wakey. boundless energy you've got. Feeling great. She's, she's feeling great. She, she is feeling great. And how are you feeling, Chris Plant? Dead and loving it. Mm, who can <laughs> like that movie? classic Leslie Nielsen film? Uh, really happy to hear it. Um, you know, I'm happy for you guys, but something else brought a lot of happiness to the world and continues to do so. Wait, wait, wait. Is this your segue? Yeah. Did you please, talk, please tell me that was, this is in your notes that you're like, get them to say they're happy, which neither of them did. And then just keep going with it. Transition right off. Yeah. Of there, there's there's really no good segue that I can come up with uh, off the cuff, unfortunately. But today we're going to be kind of running the gamut a little bit in terms of the history of mascots. <gasps> oh is that a surprise i mean it's not for me because i read our slack it's, room it's not for everybody because it's in the title of the show but i but i picked this <laughs> uh subject because um over the weekend i had a chance to visit city field which is the home of my baseball favorite team the nine mets and um the nine mets are uh led at the helm by a gentleman named mr met who i who had perchance to meet i met mr met um, and it got me really excited and thinking back through the history of mascots and how weird it is that, like, there's a man with a baseball head chilling. So before we get into Mr. Met, which is going to come later on, I want to promise you we're going to hear about Mr. Met. Don't worry. But we're also going to hear about the beginnings. Wait, small note, small note, small note. OK, you left out the most important part of your weekend. So Frush goes to this baseball game. And is like, hey, hey, I, I saw Mr. Met. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm so happy for you. You deserve this because, you know, when my Kansas City Royals beat your New York Mets, uh, that must have really hurt. And I want happiness. For what do they have? A, 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 um, a purple thing? What do they got? No, no, no. I mean, it doesn't. Slugger with three R's at the end, but irrelevant. <laughs> Slugger. Uh, but, but then he sent me a photo of, in which very clearly... Mr. Met is about to menace Russ Rushnick's wife. He is creeping up behind her like a Looney Tunes character. It is truly upsetting. And it looked like Fresh was like, ah, oh, you know what? I'm going to get a selfie. And then in the process of getting the selfie, accidentally caught the crime. And, and now it will be used in a court. It's so dark, Chris Plant. It was just a moment of joy and happiness, and he was just trying to be gregarious. I don't know why you see such a dark twist to it. His name is Mr. Met, and he has a baseball for his head. <laughs> we're, we're get, we are getting ahead of ourselves. Okay, okay, I want to okay. ask you guys, do you know where the word mascot comes from? Uh, well, they wear masks, and mask is in that word. That's true. It's not really spelled that way, but yes. Oh, actually, I think I do know this. Okay. Uh, it, 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 uh, moss cot, uh, because there used to be cotton inside the head. Uh, and like, what if we put our own head in this? So, no, no cotton in the head of these stuffed animals. Now they are human heads. <laughs> you, you got one thing right. Which, yeah, really? It comes, yes, surprisingly, <laughs> it comes from the word mascot, which is French, meaning lucky charm. Uh, which actually comes from <laughs> Masco. Right? Was that the part he got right? 
That well, yeah, the, just the word mascot. I'm like, well, just let me have this. That was the one thing he got, and it was spot on. Uh, it, it's derived from masco, which means sorceress or witch. Sure. Okay. And uh, it was mostly used by gamblers in France before the 19th century. People would just like say like, oh, that's my mascot. And they'd have like a weird little <laughs> trinket on the on the poker table. Did they play poker back then? I forget that episode. <laughs> I, I thought you meant like episode. to get out of gambling debts. They dressed up as, as mascots. No, no. Again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, really? I'm so glad we're doing this episode because clearly so much information needs to be conveyed including but, to you because you admitted to forgetting one of your own episodes well it's all a haze at this point um but gamblers would use it so they'd have you remember in inception when he had that like top oh, like, yeah yeah a totem like a totem okay exactly um but that was before the 19th century and they pretty much only at that point used it for objects like inanimate objects like we're talking like figureheads on a ship or like creepy locks of hair that people would keep as like luck or like like a pendant or something like that. Oh. I don't think I've ever kept anything like that myself, but. So a, a, a mascot proper is like lucky. Yeah, it's like a lucky object. Yeah, lucky but I mean charm. like a mascot mascot. The origins right. are in luck. Right, exactly. And, and, and we're going to get to why that sort of is the derivation. Huh. Um, I feel like Plant keeps trying to skip way ahead. No, no. I'm, yeah, no, just, that's I, good. No, I'm, he, I'm he's on the together. right track. That it, okay. You're exactly right, because it does seem Thank disparate you. from what we think of a mascot right now, which is like, oh, yeah. whatever, they just cheer for the team, and that's great. But in truth, they do come from this sense of like luck and superstition, which we're going to get into. Um, so the year is 1880. Wait, did we step in the time machine? Yes. No. What? Because we were in, I guess, at the very beginning before we started the show, we jumped in one, but we haven't gone back in time yet. This is all going forward in time okay, from so the point okay, that we started. Okay, okay. So we're just trucking along. We okay. don't need any sound effects. Okay. The year is 1880, and an opera called Le Mascot. I don't know how to pronounce this. People that speak French know how this word is pronounced, How's but I'm going to go with uh, M-A-S-C-O-T-T-E. Mascot. Yeah, mascot. Really? Mascot. There's no like silent letter in there. If you have mascot? an e at the end, it's you pronounce it all. Yeah. Okay. Mascot. Great. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's much easier. Um, so this this opera comes out in 1880 called La Mascot, and it's released in America. And the opera is about this down and out farmer. The farmer is like can't grow anything. Mm. Terrible farm. Dust. Well, I guess it's the pre dust bowl, but picture the dust bowl, and that's what we're talking about. Uh, and then suddenly, this woman appears. And all his luck turns around. The crops are growing. Everything's going great. His life becomes great. And it's all because of this woman, La Mascot, who, again, means lucky charm, which is just great personification of just this lady. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this term, we have this idea of like, okay, this lucky charm. How did it come to sports? How did this come about? Mm. Do you guys have any idea of like when the first instances of sport sport usage of mascots came about uh i feel like probably in like the early 1900s i'm trying to think of like what was the first like really popular sport it's but whatever philadelphia let me paint the picture it's philadelphia (laughs) and people are like man we're fanatical about this team how do we conceptualize that as like a thing and they're like Mm. how about we call it the fanatic 
No. And then like, no? <laughs> oh, I mean, yes, that does happen, but much, much later on, oh, we would need a cra- we would need a definite time travel machine to get to that. Okay. Uh, Allegro is much closer. So Yay. the first time they started seeing signs of like teams using mascots mm. was in 1883. What? There's this, it, there's a quote from uh, a magazine called The Sporting Life, <gasps> which uh, love the lovely Dixon Baseball Dictionary pulled from. And they refer to apparently song. they don't even know what the name of the team <gasps> it's was. It's a really but there good was a December te- song. Sorry, Plan and I Sorry. were having a moment. There was a team <laughs> called. Uh, they don't even know what the name of the team was, but the team had a mascot, and his name was Chick. And he would run around and grab bats and run errands for the players. But all the players viewed him as lucky. Um, apparently, in this issue of the Sporting Life, there's a quote that says. The players pin their faith on Chick's luck-bringing abilities. Yeah, so that's so it was just a small child, really, <laughs> and he boy. would just hang out <laughs> with a bunch of tobacco chewing dudes. Yeah, I mean, people people think of like animals; they think of like giant superhero mythical things. But mm-hmm. it started simple. It started with kids. And employing kids to do jobs that they shouldn't be doing, like hanging out with middle-aged people that are probably very drunk. <laughs> Good time. Um, and really, this starts a new new age for uh, sports and baseball in particular, which I'm going to call the Battle of the Children. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> sorry, can 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 I do a small little thing here? Sure. Baseball. Turn of the century, it's not what you think it is. There are four strikes and five balls, and you had to get people out eight times. Which It's not entirely true, but baseball, <laughs> worth noting, totally different game than what we see today. And you don't have to watch all 12 hours of the Ken Burns documentary to know that. I am here, and I have summarized <laughs> all of them for you. All 12. But the, but the core of it was the same. There was still yeah, bases kind and of, like People didn't even have mitts. And there were, like, different versions of it. They were competing with each other. It's an sure. exciting time. Did Ken Burns talk about the Battle of the Children? I'll be honest. Like, that thing was so long. It's <laughs> I all slept haze. through, like, 70% of it. Well, Ken Burns was wrong about one thing, which is mm. this is before the turn of the century. Oh, The dang. year... Let me, set the sa- uh, let me set the scene. Ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. The year is 1886. Mm, good year. The Detroit Wolverines, everyone's favorite team, Mm -hmm. have won their first 18 home games. Wow. The record for uh, consecutive home game wins was 21 wins by the Chicago White Stockings, which happened several years before that. White Stockings. And guess who was visiting to do battle with the Wolverines that week? The old White Stockings are there. (laughs) Uh, it's basically the White Stockings from Chicago and the Detroit Wolverines were, were playing against each other. And the White Stockings were very dead set on winning because obviously they wanted to maintain this record of 21 straight home wins mm-hmm. in a row. Uh, very exciting, uh, very tense game. So the game was held in Detroit in 1886 and the White Stockings traveled there by train and had this massive contingent of people. We're talking about 200 people marching off the train and every single one of them was carrying a broom (laughs) didn't see that one coming did you and on the brooms it said record breakers so everyone's very obsessed with this record this this 21 uh win record were they gonna like beat everyone in the audience 
like in the crowd. No, there was they just lost. like sti- they were sticks. They were holding up it's, sticks to like still show do everyone. that. But it's like when you sweep in yeah. In, series. in this case, I think they were just holding up signs. To be honest. Hmm. <laughs> and who was at the head of this charge? Again, picture two hundred fans of the White Stockings. Right at the head was a single small boy. His name was Willie Hahn. And <laughs> apparently he carried an immense broom. This is from the uh, Chicago Tribune. Uh-huh. Uh, the Chicagoans uh, were escorted on the field by a band, which entered the field behind little Willie Hahn, who carried an immense broom, upon which were the words, Our Mascot. So at this mm. point, like these are not small teams. They are major teams that are placing small children at the head of their band to act as their lucky charm. Uh-huh. Um, I have another quote from the Inter Ocean, which is a publication that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, this is talking about uh, the uh, Detroit uh, team, the Wolverines. The Detroits entered the grounds behind a little fellow almost the same size as Willie Hahn, and they were received with cheer after cheer. Yes. The Wolverines had their own mascot, another small boy. It was the Battle of the Boys. How did they, uh, like, recruit these children? Where did they come from? Uh, they just picked them up off the street sometimes. <laughs> and whatever. I mean, it's, it's free work for them. They like it. Uh, the Wolverines mascot was named Charlie Gallagher. And there, here's a description again from the um, Inter-Ocean. Uh, the boy was described as having been born with teeth and quote is guaranteed to possess all the magic charms of a genuine mascot wow Again, this is one of the first usages of the term mascot with regards to sports so it really is coming into into uh into the fame so here's so again to remind you we have charlie gallagher the kid that was born with teeth and we have <laughs> willie hahn who's who's walking around with the broomstick wait did you, have you seen a picture of charlie gallagher I've seen Willie Hahn. I don't think I've seen Charlie Gallagher. To call, to call it a, a boy is not fair. It, 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 a very kind of like squat young man uh, with a, more or less a bald top of his head, but what? curly hair on the sides, and he always carried a sledgehammer, which he used to squish watermelons. How old was this man? No, <laughs> no Allegra, Why? don't listen to him. Stop. <laughs> Uh, thank you. That was a no. lovely segue. <laughs> um, okay, so oh, we uh, a, again. That was a Gallagher joke. Okay. Yeah, it was a Gallagher joke. <laughs> we have Willie Hahn and Charlie Gallagher. Between these two kids, who do you think is going to win out? Who's going to provide the most luck to their team? Mm, the mm. smaller one is Gallagher? No, they're about the same size. Just one was born with Ooh, teeth. That complicates it. One was born with teeth, and that means the other was born without teeth? You lay out like a normal baby. Oh, like a normal baby. <laughs> Listen, um, I'm going to say Willie Hahn. I'm going to say Gallagher. Oh, boy. Okay, here we go. I have, again, from the Chicago Tribune, the a minute-to-minute play. Uh, this is a description. <laughs> I'm going to try to do the announcer voice. <laughs> I've never tried to do this. Yeah, this is the whole game right here. No, this is from the, from the end of the game. Now, in the eighth inning, came the misfortune to which many a Detroiter attributes the defeat of their team. Bennett, the Detroit catcher, had caught his usually brilliant game without error, 
Fred Pfeiffer was at bat and struck one of those wicked fouls that have so often proved terrors to the catchers. The ball caught the crack catcher upon the tip of the middle finger of his right hand and almost tore it from the joint. Oh my god. Bennett b bore like a pain from a man, tried to brace up and go on, but he soon saw the folly of such an undertaking and withdrew. So apparently the catcher of the uh, Wolverines got his finger almost ripped off uh. by a foul ball. Um, so they brought in another catcher. Don't worry. There's another catcher. Um, on the next play, another foul ball was hit and almost ripped that catcher's finger off. What? How is They had possible? one more catcher, but they didn't want to use him because who trusts that third st string catcher? So they basically delayed claiming that there, it was too dark to play, but everyone forced them to play on. Yet, so it took 25 minutes to bring out this third catcher. And... Uh, after two pitches, that third catcher let a ball, uh, had a passed ball. The ball just like went right by him and uh, the white stockings won. So the moral of the story oh. is never trust the kid with teeth. Wait, which one unlucky. of us won? Me. Uh, the the right? kid with teeth lost. So the kid with teeth was Gallagher. Yeah. N yes, Gallagher. Hell if you pick Gallagher, which yeah. you did, plant, you lost. Uh -huh. Allegra won. Willie Hahn, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um the, the child thing stuck around for a quite a long time uh, a lot of teams uh, adopted children and literally just around with them. <laughs> it's weird i mean some of them that. got like oh, kind of iffy uh ty cobb definitely a known racist ty cobb uh definitely like kept a small black kid with him and would touch his hair for good luck <laughs> So things were not all great with the whole mascots kids thing. But don't worry, because we're about to get into a much more fun period of time. And that is the birth of the animal mascot. Yes. Who, would you, who do you guys think is the most fun of the animal mascots? Um, okay, so the Tampa Bay Rays have several animal mascots. Mm. Are they all rays? No. No. So one of them is a sea dog. They they decided after okay. like 10 years cuz they didn't know what to call it, but it's a sea dog. Well, because a, a ray is not like a likable creature. <laughs> it's just like a weird creepy kite. It would be weird to see it walking around. Yeah, so they have a sea dog and then they have a cat named DJ Kitty. Mm. I I don't like either of those. <laughs> So I like DJ Kitty. <laughs> meow, 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 meow. Plant, who, who, who would you say is the earliest of the animal mascots? And again, I'm not talking about like drawn mascots because those have been around for a very long time. I'm talking like a living, breathing animal mascot. Like the, the fanatic. Not the well, Philadelphia he, fanatic. No, earlier than that. Earlier than I'll give that. You a, I'll give you a, another clue. You ready? It's a, mm. it's a um, college mascot. Oh. 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 Oh, you mean like an actual animal? Um, yes. The bulldog. What's his name? Bruce. Do you know what college he's from? Georgia. Hmm. Was I right? <laughs> no. Well, you were right about the bulldog Al part. Alabama? You got the bulldog part. No, well, it's there's Yale. also Duke. Yale. It's Yale. Yale. Yale? His, his name is Handsome Dan, and we are going to get into his history. <sighs> oh. I'm sorry to everybody. The uh, most I well moved. known and most famous university mascot there is, really? uh, apparently, because you guys guessed it right off the bat. It is Handsome Dan the Bulldog. No. 
I mean, that makes sense because the Ivy League is like a sports thing, right? And like, that's a really old. I, no, uh, I mean, a long time ago. <laughs> the Ivy League is not a sports thing today. Yeah, Hanson Dan is from a, sport. a long time ago. Chess. <laughs> Do you guys know Benson. when Handsome Dan showed up for the first time? Handsome Dan won. Uh, dog show? No, I mean, like, what year, like, when oh, he first what, came on the scene? I'm going to say 1916. Okay. Allegra? I'm going to say 1931. No the year way. was 1889. What? And Yale football tackle Andrew Graves adopts a white English bulldog Named Dan. Apparently, <laughs> uh, according to a Sports Illustrated article, Dan was selected, quote, on his ability to tolerate bands and children, his negative reaction to the color crimson and to tigers, <laughs> uh, both symbols of rival high schools, uh, uh, rival schools, I should say, Harvard and Princeton, respectively. Um, so wow. he hated those things. And they'd basically trot him out. He was this, like, adorable bulldog. And before games, they'd bring him out on a leash. He'd march around the field. Everyone absolutely loved him. Um, He knew several tricks, including one that the Philadelphia Press reported as if you went to him and said, speak Harvard, he would bark ferociously and, like, freak out and run around and be angry because he hated Harvard so much. (laughs) Wow. Kind of makes me worried how you would train a dog to do that. Yeah. And also everything you've said about Handsome Dan, other than him being really cute, is like neutral or very negative. What do you mean? Like he tolerates children and hates the color red. Like what is Handsome Dan like? A dog tolerating children. That's like consider what children do to dogs. Children pull dogs' tails and ears. Like tolerating children is all you could really ask for. No, a good dog loves children. Exactly. Mm, Pasta loves any... kids. Mm, Pasta's maybe. good dog. Yeah. <laughs> um. So he knew that speak Harvard trick, and he was a huge hit with the with the kids. So much so that when the owner, um, Andrew Graves, moved back to England, which is where he was from, he actually left Dan there in Yale at, to act as the mascot for the team. Aww. Um, which is really dedicated. Uh, Handsome Dan actually earned his name because he went on to win the first prize in the Westminster Dog Show for one year, which is very respectable. According to the Hartford Current, in personal appearance, he seemed like a cross between an alligator and a horned frog. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so they were mocking him. A little bit, a little bit. But he's an English bulldog. There's not a whole lot you can do. And people, like, I guess the whole point of the Westminster Dog Show we should do a whole episode about that is you want like the perfect it's it's kind of gross like uh gene manipulation but you want the perfect representation of a breed and he was that apparently because he he won that year it bad uh it's a little bad god yeah it's a little bad (laughs) um handsome dan did not live forever shockingly enough uh he died uh Mm. he actually moved back to london died there you know after he had served for quite a while he moved back died and then was shipped back to yale and Mm. is still at yale today stuffed in the stuffed yes oh (laughs) thank god in uh in yale's Payne whitney gymnasium he just like stuffed and chilling there you know what he went from mascot to no mascot Oh, yeah, because we're still pretending like that was the meaning of mascot. (laughs) Exactly. That was horrible. 
So, so that was the first Dan. Um, I want you guys to guess how many Dans there have been since then. Uh, let's see. Uh, 10, 11. I'm going to say 11. Wait, 12. Allegra? Uh, okay. I'm going to say 16. Ooh. Very close, Allegra. There have been 18 handsome oh, Dans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What you guys might not have factored Sad. in is that English Bulldogs are notoriously very sick. Yeah, they and can't get, breathe. Like, they die, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Just constantly uh, the other thing you dying might not have factored, over and over. Yeah. The other thing you might not have factored in is that it took them 35 years to have another handsome Dan after handsome Dan 1 left. Oh, wow. Oh. So they definitely took a long break. Um, handsome Dan 2 showed up 35 years later and was kidnapped by Harvard students the day before the 1934 Yale-Harvard game, mm. and Yale students were sent photos of him eating a snack at the foot of the statue of John Harvard in Harvard Yard. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah, the ultimate insult. That he was, like, rubbing John Harvard's foot for luck. Yeah. That's well, he was just loving that snack. There's only so much you can do. Uh, I'm not going to go through all the Dans, because, again, there are 18 of them, mm. but I do want to call out a couple more Dans. Handsome Dan 6. Um, Handsome Dan 6 was only eight weeks old when he started. Uh, unfortunately, he died at the age of two. Mm. Uh, it was reported that he died from fear of fireworks at the Yale-Harvard <sighs> game or from shame from seeing the Yale team lose to both Princeton and Harvard in the same year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was a living dog. <laughs> they turned it into a punchline. <laughs> Wait, do they stuff all of the Dans or just no, the OG No, that Dan? would get really creepy. Just like 17 stuffed dogs <laughs> all around the gym. I don't know where most of the Dans are, but yeah, they definitely didn't. Um, <laughs> handsome Dan 13 mm-hmm. served longer than any other Handsome Dan. Uh, he served from 1984 to 1995. And once again in 1996, because when they replaced him in 1995, that Dan died again. Uh. <laughs> so they had to bring up 13 to be like, oh, coming out of retirement just one more time. <laughs> Moral of the story, again, English Bulldogs, adorable, not very healthy. Uh, they are currently at Handsome Dan 18, which I mentioned. Uh, he, I think, took on the reins in 2017. Yeah, my favorite was well Handsome somewhere. Dan Online. <laughs> Final Fantasy joke. <laughs> I still, I honestly don't even get it. Handsome, handsome Dan 11 online. <laughs> I still, you could explain it to me for six weeks and I still wouldn't get it. Uh, okay, we're going to wrap things up on my end with a trip into the history of my favorite mascot there ever was, Mr. Matt. And I do want to mention Allegra that. is dead. Are you okay, Allegra? <laughs> that was the stupidest joke. I do want to mention uh, with Mr. Matt, obviously there are a ton of mascots. We're going to talk about a few of them in the reader-only memory section, but a ton of mascots we're not covering, including some of the hugest ones, the Philly Fanatic, uh, the San Diego Chicken, a few others. Um, Mm. We would be here for hours and hours and hours if I went through all the big mascots. So I thought I'd play uh, favorites and, and talk about Mr. Matt. Sure. Specifically the rise and the fall and the re rise of Mr. Matt. Um, Mr. Matt is the first major league baseball mascot to exist in human form. Uh, wait, what do you mean by that? 
So before Mr. Met was introduced in 1963, um, the all the mascots that existed thus far, we're talking about tigers, we're talking about giants, etc., were were presented as pictures. They'd be drawn. They had logos, uh-huh. but there wasn't like a like personification of that critter. Oh, if you I, will. I thought you meant uh, this was the first like human mascot. Yeah, well, As Mr. Met's also like, human, so well, that no, makes that's sense. that's not true. He's a baseball. He's <laughs> a baseball man. He's still a man. Yeah, he's a mister. <laughs> but he is the very first of the mascots, like the mascots that you can meet, like I did. Okay. Um, and he, when he was introduced in 1963, he pretty much just showed up on ads and in scorecards. But when they moved um, to Shea Stadium, known hole of a stadium, Shea Stadium, <laughs> uh, in 1964... Uh, they introduced the costumed version of Mr. Met, and it r- literally was just a guy that worked at the stadium, and they're like, hey, we made this costume, go for it, and he would trot out. Um, they spent a lot of time like building up his backstory. In the 1960s, they introduced a female companion for Mr. Met. She was <laughs> called Lady Met. Lady? <laughs> Lady Met. Uh, well, she would Met, later become- Lady Met. <laughs> She would later become Mrs. Met. She's known as Mr. M- Mrs. Met. Oh, now. They, got, they got married. Was there a yeah, wedding at Shea Stadium? No, it's, I think. Well, there there is a time when Mr. Met goes away, so it probably happened in, in between. They were but family even in the before 60s, they were married. What? They were family before they were married. They were yeah. both met. Yeah, that's okay, Chris Plant. <laughs> no, you can be a family and not be married. No, they were a family before they were married. Like a, a Roosevelt situation. Oh, you think you're, they're Matt related? Mr. Met then mm-hmm. got married and she became. It was, no, Met was a very common name back then. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, maybe third cousins, maybe, but sure. I'll like, there's really no way to know. <laughs> they did, however, have kids, um, the little Mets, including a tiny little baby Mr. Met um, <laughs> that uh, Lady Met would carry around in her arms. <laughs> Creepy. In the 1970s, the Mets killed Mr. Met. <gasps> Murdered? You didn't see that one coming, did you? No. They killed him. He appeared in the on the cover of the 1976 yearbook, and then not again. Oh, see, he just disappeared. They just disappeared him. Yeah, he went. Yeah, they hiding. just stopped. They stopped using him, which is really awful timing, because it was right around the um, time of the big mascot boom. We've talked about it. The Philly fanatic and the famous chicken of, of San Diego were like a huge popular like cultural thing. Uh, and they came about in the late seventies. So like the whole fascination with mascots happened after Mr. Matt went away. It does seem surprising. They wouldn't just bring him back. But I think at that point, people like were not super fond of him because by 1979, there was just no word about Mr. Matt for ages. Mm-hmm. They did try though. The Mets mm-hmm. tried something else. Any guesses on the mascot that the Mets tried to use to replace Mr. Matt? Hmm. an apple good guess because okay. the mets have a big apple in their outfield and it goes up when you hit a home run but no i'm gonna Allegra. say a guy a human guy just a regular okay. dude wearing like a yankees jersey but then he wrote like sucks under yankees Ooh. oh i like that good guess but no uh <laughs> they briefly experimented with a mule Named Metal the Mule, and he would Metal. march along the along the foul base foul base line, and uh, people did not care for him. <laughs> he <laughs> cans that they threw he at just, him. 
<laughs> yeah, so it, people would just be on the field and they're like, why is this mule here? It was it was not a big hit. Uh, people did not like metal. What can I say? It's a sporting life. <laughs> so again, it's 20 years go by and no, no word of Mr. Met until a folk hero arises. One mm. Lois Kaufman of Queens, New York. Wait, Kaufman? Her name is Kaufman, As yes. As in Kaufman Astoria. I mean, there are two ends, so it might be Kaufman Astoria, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Maybe. You know Kaufman Stadium is where the Royals play. Uh, <laughs> may, I didn't know that. No. Yeah. The Kaufman family. They... Well, it's a, I will say it's a pretty common, a common name. Like Matt. Kaufman name. Like Matt. Exactly. Anyway, Lois Kaufman wrote a letter to the Mets basically okay. saying, we got to bring back Mr. Met. This is in 1994. Mm-hmm. So again, it's been many years since anyone's seen or heard from Mr. Met. And she wrote this letter with the hope, with the desire that the Mets would realize this guy needed to come back. Could they find him? Was he like in a Rambo situation, like hiding out in like a village somewhere, not wanting to be bothered and they'd have to bring him out and he'd have a beard and he'd have to shave? Who knew? But Kaufman wanted it and uh, they allowed it. Kaufman, Lois Kaufman actually also wanted to wear the costume, uh, but they denied that part. Hold on, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you're not just gonna like let a random person be the mascot. <laughs> no. So Mr. Met, they disappeared. Mr. Met. Yes. But what? What about his family? They disappeared. His family too. Uh, witness protection. Mr. Mm, yeah, okay. this is like they Mr. were Potato living Head. in Scottsdale. <laughs> Scottsdale. Isn't this yes. exactly what we talked about in the Mr. Potato Head episode and the Toys R Us episode? What was yep. it with like every icon had to have a family or else they weren't legit? Right, exactly. You got to like sad. be able to like bond with them. It is it is a very common advertising technique and and it helped apparently until they killed the whole family off multiple times. <laughs> uh so they wouldn't let Lois Kaufman wear the suit. They selected a man named AJ Mass who played the mascot in the mid 90s um including when Bill Clinton um showed up to a Mets game. Uh I have a quote here. He actually didn't uh, he wrote a book the book is called um, <laughs> Yes, It's Hot in Here, Adventures in the Weird Woolly World of Sports Mascots. <laughs> uh, he was a mascot for a number of other teams, but uh, he did an interview for the book with the New York Post talking about the time that Bill Clinton arrived. And he said uh, the, Secret Ser- the Secret Service had set up all these metal detectors and checkpoints. And on game day, every time you walk through enough of the metal, uh, there was enough metal in the costume that the metal detectors would get set off. Apparently, at one time, a uh, at one point, a Secret Service agent approached him and said, "There are snipers all around the stadium, just in case in case anything were to happen. Approach the president, and we go for the kill shot." Whoa! Which good news for them because if it's Mister Matt, it's a pretty easy shot to take. <laughs> um, unfortunately for uh, Mister Mass, he was let go in 1997 over disagreements about the mascot program is what he said here's a quote of him leaving it's very sad as i shake my head in disbelief at the state of the team i used to love i find myself once again being drawn to the smiling face of mr met like a sailor to the song of a siren Mm. i think that dude wanted to get with mr met (laughs) yeah i mean yep i'm not gonna go there <laughs> well, that's what sirens. Can I you know. can I tell you one thing though that his name reminded me of? AJ Mass. Yeah, Mass 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 definitely means more 
in Spanish. So my entire mascot thing, it didn't make sense from the beginning. No, it didn't. It, no. Yeah. It never made sense. Wow, that's no, a it, shame. Never, it never made sense. I guess you could say more. Mm. Mm. Um, just last year, they had another issue with a Mr. Met. I don't know if you guys saw this on YouTube. No. You can see a video of Mr. Met oh. flipping someone off. Yeah, I remember that. There was like a, it was on the cover of the Daily News. Yeah, Mr. Met uh, flipped someone the bird yeah. as he was walking uh, back, and they were filming him, and it went right up on YouTube, and that Mr. Met lasted not the full rest of the day. He was fired immediately, what? and they replaced him with a different Mr. That's Met the next day. Bull. That, that Why? Is, because he referenced <laughs> Mr. Met more than probably anybody other than the, pre- the, the president, the mayor of New York, has to represent New Yorkers. In- sure. What better way to represent New Yorkers than a man with a giant baseball for a head giving somebody the bird? That's fair. But if you watch the video, it's a very subtle, quick bird giving, which is to say not oh. really in the spirit of a New York so full on bird. Got fired or let go for being bad at it. Like, yeah, yeah if it was a more earnest bird, I think it would have been fine. But mm-hmm. he just kind of like half assed it to be and was like, I'm walking here. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. Um, and uh, good news for Mr. Matt in 27... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, in 2007, he was elected into the Mascot Hall of Fame, uh, which is an actual thing that exists. Um, so, bravo on Mr. Matt. If you're curious about the official mm. sanctioned backstory of Mr. Matt, um, you can read the children's book, We'll Call You Mr. Matt, by John T. Williams, uh, which has the whole story. It's weird, because, like... Grandpa Mr. Met is telling the whole story to the little kitty Mr. Mets about how he became Mr. Met. Mm. But I kind of guess they're like born into that job. So they're kind of like stuck with it. So he screwed them all over. Yeah, basically. Okay. With his genes. Yeah. Wait, they get um, to be mascots. What are you talking about? Yeah, but they're stuck in that. Like, what if they want to be, I don't know, accountants? It's hot in like, there agents and it's hot in there yeah like the book said in, in their heads <laughs> in a um, little bit. That, <laughs> that's it for mr met uh and that's it for our three mascot stories the battle of the children uh handsome dan and mr met the rise and fall yep um i'm about to get into reader only memories but before i do any other l- beloved mascots you wanted to call out um hmm can I call well, it I just the idea of, like, did you have the local mascots come to your school and, like, teach you, like, da- Stranger Danger? No. What? Yeah, like, the local mascots for uh, are, like, gone soccer, minor league soccer team, and then also the KC Wolf would come to the school, and then they would, like, take a reveal themselves to be humans, and they're like, I got this, how... I got this cool job, but I wouldn't have gotten it if I, like, had gotten in the back of a van with a stranger <laughs> because I wouldn't be here, or, like, I wouldn't have gotten it if I had ever spoke Wait, are they, oh, tobacco. they would take the head off? Yeah, like, they, they like, come in and, like, whoa, the Casey Wolf's here, and, like, this is awesome, I can't believe the Casey Wolf is here, and then, like, he'd, like, do, like, a little show for, like, ten minutes, <clears throat> and then he'd take his head off. No, I don't be, like, like that yeah, part. yeah, I have a great job. But you, you, you don't get great jobs if you smoke tobacco or get in the back of unmarked vans. That's true. I can't believe Unless this was like a like, casting agent I in the van. I think this has to happen to ev- like everyone. No. Maybe because you're in New York, like, you know, Mr. Met has like much more important things to do, like ring the bell on Wall Street. Yeah. 
It's very popular. Uh, yeah, I don't, that seems weird to me that they would break the fourth wall in that way. Yeah, like I it, don't like that. Very bad for the brand. Hello, listeners of The History of Fun. This is Casey Newton, Silicon Valley editor of The Verge. And if you enjoy fun that's being had in real time, you might like my new podcast, Converge. Each week, we'll bring you fresh ideas and a sense of what it's like to build a company from the people who are actually doing it. And we'll do it all with games that no one has ever played. It's like HQ trivia if there was only one contestant and it was literally impossible to win money. So far, we've got guests lined up from Google, Lyft, Pocket, and that bodega near your house. You know, the one with the weird cat. The first episode drops Wednesday, May 23rd, wherever you get your podcasts. Converge, you've never heard a tech show like this. Okay, we're going to get into reader-only memories. Allegra, you want to sing the song? Uh, reader. Only. Memories! That's <laughs> Thank the song. You, you can lay down a beat under that. Uh, Aaron Emily B. on Twitter highlighted her... So these I, I asked for people for their favorite mascots. Mm. And M- Aaron Emily B. highlighted, My high school's mascot is a Cupie. It's absolutely mm-hmm. bonk- bonkers, honestly. And there's a photo... I don't think I know what a Cupie is, but in this case, it's just a naked baby. That's a Cupie, yeah. Cupie dolls. So their mascot, it's a Cupie, (laughs) the Hickman Cupies, and it just says Hickman, and there's just a naked baby there, and I just don't know where you go with that. Very weird. Uh, David Kelly on Twitter uh, called attention to the San Francisco Giants crazy crab. Uh, A few people mentioned this. And so the Crazy Crab only lasted for one year, the year that the San Francisco Giants lost 96 games, which is a real accomplishment. That is a lot of games to lose. Um, He only lasted for one year, as I said. Uh, There's a short 30 for 30 documentary about him. Uh, He he was a total disaster. People would throw garbage at him because the team was so bad. At one point, he was tackled by a Padres player and, like, had to retire the guy who was playing him. So he had a rough go. But uh, he still remains um, in, our, in all our hearts and in the 15-minute-long 30 for 30 documentary. Um, Valtre Shev mentioned Mavs Man, who I think is the Mavericks uh, mascot. He's a, human ba- he's a human man, except instead of skin, he has basketball leather co- covering his body. Do you realize how t- creepy this is? His whole body? Yeah, his face, his arms, everywhere. Mm. everywhere picture a human man with basketball skin like it's terrifying (laughs) i did already (laughs) so Um, like he doesn't have like a big head or anything no it's a normal it's just like a normal head head. okay that would have been fine (laughs) um personified on we uh wanted to introduce us to the scottsdale community college a mascot known as the fighting artichoke and it's just like this awesome artichoke that chills out and i guess fights people and we're going to end things with Dennis VI, which could be Dennis Six, I suppose, on Twitter. <laughs> um, this is a quote Misha the Bear from the 1980 Moscow Olympic Games. Why? Because the images of him flying away during the closing ceremony to the tune of a sad yet hopeful song written for that very occasion are seared into my mind and heart, and I wasn't even born then. <laughs> I watched this video on YouTube um, that Dennis directed me to. It is, so there's the bear, who is the mascot of the 1980 Olympics, and they basically tie a ton of balloons to him, and he just floats away. (laughs) (laughs) And it's very, very sad and 
makes me depressed. Um, but I loved it. And I love mascots. And you know what? If people like this episode, maybe we'll do even more mascot stories because there are oh so many of them. Uh, but thank you for uh, listening. Can, I, can, can I I I want to yeah. thank I want to thank Fresh for oh, not highlighting all of the awful racist mascots. Yeah, yeah. There, there's really no point. No. I mean, the mention, the mere mention of Ty Cobb sort of checked that box mm-hmm. of yeah, racism. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but yeah, there are a lot of awful mascots that we just did not want to go into, and we didn't. So hooray for that! Yay. Can we solicit a history of fun mascot? Oh yeah, what do you think it should be? Mm. Oh, ooh. Well, I, I, I think like... we should let people, yeah, share side. recommendations. Uh, maybe submit uh, uh, drawings or uh, photos of sculptures would be good. Yeah, yeah. Any, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Weirdly, I'm picturing picturing a book with hands. Is that wrong? Don't, don't <laughs> let them. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to paint freedom. people. Yeah. No, don't influence them. So you could do that, or you could do something completely different. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, anyway this has been uh, the history of fun where we explore the hidden backstories behind the things you love to do thank you so much for listening Um, if you haven't yet we've got a bunch of reviews on the on the uh, Apple podcast slash iTunes page a bunch there could be more I know how many people listen to this show it's way more than the reviews we have so if you haven't (laughs) written a review yet or rated us (laughs) please do so we appreciate it Um, also please share um you know, the podcast with friends and family. If you want to talk about it on Twitter, spread the word. Uh, make sure you follow each of us on Twitter because we solic- solicit the uh, reader-only memories there. I'm at Russ Frustick. Plant is at Plant. And Allegra is at Legs Frank. And until next week, um, goodbye, everyone. Bye. history of fun vox just launched a new show on netflix it's called explained and you can find it on netflix right now it's for people like you people who are curious about the world around them and here's our promise if you give us 15 minutes of your time or sometimes 20 sometimes we can stick to the 50 minute limit so 15 to 20 minutes of your time will take you from being just curious about a big important topic to actually understanding it our first few episodes explore things like why is monogamy so important around the world what happens when we can actually edit our dna and take control of our own evolution why is the racial wealth gap in america still growing You'll see it's Vox to its core. It's a bigger and more ambitious yes, but still looking and feeling and sounding like us. And we'll hopefully give you the context and reporting and research that actually makes these super, super satisfying. I think the most satisfying videos we've ever made. So go to Netflix and check it out. You can search for it. You can search for Vox or you can just go to Netflix.com slash explained.